0: Welcome to Crime Curious. I'm Charnel,
1: And I'm Megan.
0: Megan, let's shake our gree Always. There we go. Vigorously I... and with joy. Uh, yes, that is how I love to shake it. <laughs> you guys, I want to just give a big shout out to several of our listeners have actually um, recommended the case that we're about to cover for a majority of the month. We're bringing y'all a deep dive. It's a three-parter. You will want to hang out for all three parts. Um, this is our first famous, I would say, interview.
1: Super famous that we
0: have done, and so we're going very
1: to- well-known case.
0: Yes, yes. And somehow we managed to score an interview with the um, the author of the books we're covering and the victim of the story. And this is the series, the story. Of Dave Pelzer's life. You may know him from books such as A Child Called It and The Lost Boy, possibly even The Man Named Dave. And he has a- He has a couple book. other self-help books. He does. And then
1: his brand new his one. His
0: brand new one, Return to the Russian River, that is releasing, I believe, in September. Yes. So yep, I think it's just month. Return of the River. Oh, maybe it is, we're but we know the
1: it's the Russian River because you're going to get there. Yes, we, we are. have all the info. <laughs>
0: we do, we do. I might I jumped ahead a little bit there, but this is a three part series. The third part will be our interview that we conducted
1: with Dave. Um, and if people, yeah. ha- if you haven't read these books, um, we're going to cover things really in depth and really well. So this is another case that, like, Chanel's not surprising me as she presents it because mm-hmm. I know it super well. Mm-hmm. If child abuse and torture cases bother you, this is going to bother you. Mm-hmm. Anyone who's read the books um, has probably cried through them and has, uh, or at the end of them. And, and I'm assuming it made your stomach turn. So if you can't handle child abuse cases, maybe you don't listen to parts one and two, but you should listen to part three.
0: Listen to Dave I, I'm our interview tell you. with Dave because it's not graphic. It's not... Um, it, it, it's just... It really shows you what he's done with his life.
1: Well, we'll call this, as we're presenting you true crime in the form of child abuse, remember, Bo, in the long run, and Dave will get there with us, this is a case of survival and resiliency. Mm -hmm. So this is a survivor story. It is not a victim story. Nope. We'll be real clear on it.
0: Yep. And um, I just know from the amazing comments that people put on our social media posts when I put a little teaser up that we were researching this these books have inspired a lot of people to become social workers, nurses, to get, yes, to my get my sister was one. Yep, to get into the helping fields. Um the accolades that this man has received. We are talking about someone who has received one of the 10 outstanding young Americans. He was the only American to be honored as the outstanding young person of the world. world? Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Well, don't, don't even give him all the information. You just not, need to just, see what he becomes. Yes, it's the, it's yes. the best.
0: But before we get there, I'm going to take you through a two part deep dive of the details of what this, this man went through in his early ages. Okay. Um. And so a thank you to everyone who reached out and recommended this case. I don't have permission to use this person's name, so I'm not going to, but they know who they are that sent us the entire book series and this adorable notepad that I took notes on. She I, went old school. I, I did, do this
1: all the time, by the way. I do a lot of things in writing and I come in here with my notes and yep. Chanel's always on the computer. She has got in literal notebook sure full of do. notes here to and present look at to how me. perfect
0: this is this is like one that i would have picked out myself it has cactuses and cute succulents on the front so of it so pretty it's big and i
1: could uh, it's big and succulent I, just just, how just like i like likes it, it. <laughs> that's why i'm her co-host that's
0: right <laughs> uh so i just i just a sincere thank you for sending us that book series and this this beautiful notepad um It went to good use, and so I hope we do this case as much as the justice justice that it deserves. Um, So yeah, we're going to cover part one is going to be Dave's life from age four to 12. Okay. And it is is a synopsis essentially of a child called It, but I do recommend that you get it for yourself and read it read. in his words. It is a very quick read. He's written it and he explains that in his interview too, that he's written it in the eyes of a child, like how a child, you know, saw things. And um, it was beautifully written that way and easy to follow. So we're going to start with... This the book opens in the 1960s. All right, Dave has two brothers, Ron and Stan. Um, he's living in San Francisco in a nice home in Daly City. That's in an, in a nice neighborhood. His father it was Stephen Joseph, who was a fireman. He was uh, very muscular and playful. He used to call Dave Tiger. That was his
1: nickname for him. I see it just like Leave It to Beaver.
0: Mm-hmm. And his mom, Catherine Rovra. R-O-E-R-V-A.
1: Very French.
0: Yeah, I figured you'd say Orve. it pretty, prettier than Orve. I would have. He mentions it in the interview, Sorry, but Dave. he talked so fast that I still couldn't <laughs> get like the um, actual vernacular, you know, of it. Catherine. So, Catherine, hmm His mother, he describes, his mother was a wonderful cook. She was, in the beginning, a clean housekeeper, although um, it was to the point, Megan, where I got... Kind of the OCD uh, red flags, would you say?
1: You read the book, hundred percent. Got don't that? You,
0: don't you feel that there was already obsessive
1: cleanliness? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, there's something bigger, deeper there. Mm.
0: As exactly, exactly. And, and you get that without, remember, this book is written from the eyes of a child. So you're not going to get, well, mother was diagnosed with this or that because mother was not, this is the 1960s. And I just could pick up on those vibes of, oh, oh. Oh, we've got when we've got this much O C D cleanliness going on, there are other things happening. And
1: Dave's adolescent brain is picking up on it enough mm-hmm. to portray it in its writing. Exactly. Which is where we got it from. Yep. So yep. so she's clean. A neat freak.
0: Yes. Now I loved this. Did you like how he described that? It always seemed like his mom, when he was young, was really trying to teach them like important cultural lessons and stuff because she would she loved Chinatown and she would dress up in Oriental clothes and feed them and cook, you know, cook for them Oriental food to give them the whole cultural experience. I loved that. I just thought that was such an endearing memory to
1: have for that time in the sixties too. Yeah. So they're in San Francisco. She's pretty progressive. She wants her kids to know things, to educate them about things. Mm -hmm. They were, they were soaking up the culture. She dressed
0: in a kimono for crying out
1: loud. (laughs) Um, I like it. I see it now.
0: She, she let them watch the house cat have kittens and taught them about life and you know, birds and the bees and all of that, those things, they were allowed to have pets in the home. Um, his mom really loved holidays. She made a big deal out of the holidays. She always had the most beautiful house decorated on the street. And so I'm telling you all of this because it's it's really painting a very normal, lovely American family picture, right?
1: Oh, I, I it's a Norman Rockwell vibe it right? Is. right off the bat. Yeah, yeah. And so
0: just to understand how we get from this to where we're going – I think is going to be a, a bit of a conundrum for people. It
1: truly. At and to first. keep in mind how this child is feeling when mm-hmm. these are his memories. These are his to first
0: start. yes, these are his first earliest memories. Yep. He paints a picture in the book of the perfect family, falling asleep in his mom's arms by the fire, looking at the Christmas tree. Um, now, his dad did work 24-hour shifts, so Dave and his brothers would go on long day trips with their mom. Um, he loved to go to the Golden State Park. Um, he would, She would pack picnics for them, and they would explore the park. In the summer, they would take a family vacation that was all planned by their mom. Now, he talks about this in his interview, but I actually did these notes before our interview with him, Megan, and I had written it down as a really pivotal point, and then he, he very much confirmed that it was. But he remembers, one of his earliest memories is his last day of kindergarten. Dave remembers being picked up early from school and being taken on vacation to his favorite place in the world, the Russian River. And in this, in in beautiful detail, he describes watching the sunset over the river while being embraced by his mom so closely that he could feel her heartbeat, the warm breezes in his hair, just that loving feeling of being safe and happy and loved. And in kindergarten, you're like, what, five?
1: Yeah, five. Right. It was beautiful. Any of you that have read the book or if you're going to to see how he paints that that mm-hmm. memory and you covered it really well and just how you um, synopsized it. But that's how that's this picture you get of these last beautiful memories.
0: Yes. Yep. And in truly his first early memories, there was love. But there's also in his writing what I would consider giving my background, some red flags that aren't going to be noticeable to a child. And I love how he incorporated them just so subtly. Like for example, he talked about how one day his mom got obsessed with painting the steps red. Yeah. Right. And, um, that he, he would just like, she would kind of like all of a sudden just get these things in her mind that just had to be done. Right Right, away. Just right away and in to a child that's just kind of playing in their own little child world. They might not think anything of that other than, oh, okay, mom just wanted to paint the
1: steps red today. So she sure did. Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Those impulse, impulse things. Impulse, exactly. Yeah,
0: Yep. So things start to change as Dave describes from what would have been considered discipline to punishment. And he was the target, even though his brother's, did the same things okay um so they would have like at first he would just have time out in the corner of the bedroom um and he did say that you know he would stand there for a while but he would get too scared to ask if he could come out and if you can hear the pages turning you guys it's just because i'm old school over here it. with this Nothing better i than really hearing a page turn. enjoyed writing my notes this time I wouldn't want to do it for every case, I don't think, because it definitely takes longer, but it was therapeutic. (laughs) It was therapeutic. Um, So he describes how his mother's mental health clearly declines rapidly. Um, She started to become what we today would say is in a depressive state, but it's 1960s. So that's not how it was described then. She would be in her robe. She went from being a woman who was always beautifully dressed, beautifully made up, really cared about her appearance. Put together. Mm-hmm. To an, an clean, immaculately clean house to a woman who couldn't get dressed, couldn't do anything with her hair, was in a robe on the couch watching TV. But the real problem is how she became dependent on alcohol. Right. So... Um, She would also say things, and he would subtly put these in here in this book, and it wasn't until our interview with him that it confirmed it for me. But he he would hear his mom say things like, I finally have a real family. So that gives you a little bit of a sneak peek into maybe where some of mom's mental health issues came from. Right, right? her own upbringing. Uh Uh-huh, yep. Because here she is with these three beautiful kids and a husband that works really hard doing a public service job for the community. And they have a beautiful house in a beautiful neighborhood. And she finally has a real
1: family. And it's important to note that this is her past is not described in A Child Called It because that was not information that Dave knew. No. And he is coming at this from the ages of 4 to 12, and he's giving you the information as he knew it. Yep, So exactly. you're getting hints that there may have been something that even he picked up on with mom.
0: Well, and my very next sentence is that he knew if she was dressed with makeup, he was going to have a better day. Absolutely. He knew that that meant mom's okay today. And the days that she was in her robe, on the couch, and drinking. With her bottle. With her, yep. She's He's going to get the corner treatment. Okay. And then the corner treatment, being forced to stand in the corner for long periods of time, then went to the mirror treatment where he had to sit in front of a mirror. Um, He'd have to sit in front of it with his face against the mirror for hours. Um, His brothers did not. um, The other thing is, his brothers did not see this.
1: Okay. She would make him go to an isolated Mm -hmm. room to serve his punishment.
0: Yep. She was very calculated in that she did not allow his siblings to see the way that he was being treated and singled out by her. Um, And he did say, like, there were plenty of times where his brothers would be playing and he would resent them a little bit. But as an adult, he has hindsight to know that, you know, it's not on them. Yeah. Right? But as a kid, you're like, this is not fair. Mm -hmm. How come
1: I'm the only one being treated like this? Am I a bad boy?
0: Right. Oh, yes. And he very quickly is convinced he's a bad boy, right? I yeah. mean, that's just what happens to <coughs> children. So, sorry, dramatic pause so I could wet my whistle there. She also starts to play impossible games with them. She would make, and not just not just Dave, but the other boys were involved in this too. Um, she tried to make it seem like it was a game, but it's where they would search for hours for something that she
1: never lost. Oh God, it's so awful. Yes. So eventually mm. What that she excuse me. Yep. <coughs> I'm recovering here. Um, that she didn't know was lost or that she didn't know where it was because she was drunk.
0: Well, that's the question <coughs> that we don't know the answer to because Dave at the time he didn't know doesn't know the answer to. He just knew that. he was
1: looking for something that wasn't lost. It
0: wasn't lost because they were searching for hours. And right. eventually it was only Dave who would then have to spend his days looking while his dad was at work. Um he of course would never find the thing that that um he was supposed to find because then it would give his mom fodder to tell him what a loser he was okay so I don't believe that anything was ever lost. Okay, I think that this was just all a part of the psychological games to then be like, well, you're such a loser because you can't find this simple thing that I've lost, right? And in a child's mind, they're not going to be like, well, if you were so great, you wouldn't have lost it to begin with.
1: (laughs) What does that say about you? Right, right, right. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah, I know. So, yeah. No, you're hurt. Mm -hmm. When you're five years old and that's how you're being treated, you're hurt. Your feelings are hurt.
0: So this is when she starts finding justification to start hitting him. Okay, so we go from just the psychological and the punishments of standing in the corner and looking for things to actual physically hitting him. And the first time he remembers that is that he was given a bloody nose. He was, he was hit, he was punched by her and given a bloody uh, nose. Now. He did, remember, dad worked 24-hour shifts. So there's a period of on on again, off again
1: in terms of dad being home. It's typical with firefighter, firefighters, mm-hmm. which is what he was.
0: So when his dad was home, she would get dressed up and she would be completely different. She would play nice. She wouldn't do these things. Um, and when he would leave, his father would give him, his father was very affectionate, you know, with him. He'd give him hugs. He would tell him um, to be a good boy. You know, that sort of thing. Now, the dad is not without his faults, and we're going to cover dad more. But dad, of course, in the time, you guys, 1960s, dad's working. He's leaving the child rearing up to mom. Um, A lot of what he does isn't unusual for the culture and society at the time. But when he did come home, 3 o'clock was happy hour. Okay, would have drinks. They would. There would be booze all over the counter. And unfortunately, his mother would turn into a very angry and abusive drunk. Yep. So when she drank without father, that's when he she would truly physically abuse Dave senselessly. But when she was drinking with father, they would break out into a fight. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, During one of the physical altercations, his mother did break his arm. Dave's. Dave's. Yes. Mm -hmm. During the, and and she knew it. She knew immediately when it happened that she broke his arm, Um, but she just made him go to bed. And then the next morning um, she had him sleep on the top bunk.
1: Oh, this case, this one
0: pisses me off. Mm Mm-hmm. So she had him sleep on the top bunk and then tried to convince Dave that what happened, not only Dave, but also father. Right. And the doctors.
1: Because he had to go into the doctor because his arm was broke. Mm -hmm.
0: She convinced all of them that he was asleep on the top bunk and that he rolled off the top bunk. However... Um, And Dave, it's 1960s. Dave is too terrified to speak up. The doctors don't often get involved into domestic issues, family issues. Okay. At this time in America, we stay out of family businesses. But the story that she told made it sound like she was a hero and that she had had time to wake up in her own room, realize that he's about to fall off the top bunk. Run down the hall. Get a robe on. Run down the hall and try to catch him just when it's too late and he falls off the top bunk onto the floor. Okay. How
1: did she sense that he was going to fall off the top bunk?
0: You know that clairvoyance was running strong through her. I think that day. You know but that, that nobody really story.
1: believed it, though, right?
0: That's what. That's what my point is. This is the story she told.
1: So that's what other they documented. Adults.
0: Exactly. Listen to it. And you know. know that they didn't believe it, but they did not stand up to what really happened
1: here. And let's note, because of the time frame, that things have changed a lot in terms of emergency room practice and, and medicine now. Yep. So, if this were to happen today, and she were to tell that story, mm-hmm. and the nurse or doctor were to be as suspicious as, as they were then, even with Dave, even with the child's uh, saying, "Oh, yep, that's true, what mommy said," you know, believing the quote unquote believing the own story or going along with it. Mm-hmm. There's at least going to be a protective service investigation if not the police being called. Yes. At least you hope that. I'm sure you all have horror stories where that didn't happen, but it's supposed to happen now. That wasn't the case then. It's because of cases
0: like this, Megan, that I believe that we have the mandated reporter Reporting. law sure. now. And so all doctors and nurses and school teachers and professionals are, and judges and social, social workers, workers are mandated reporters yeah. because of shit like this. Yeah. Exactly why. And it's because of people like Dave who are brave enough to tell their story publicly and face all of the criticisms that come with that, that got laws changed and raised awareness. Awareness that seems like to us today should have, how did we not act like that back then? That is how influenced we are by society, people, that we could literally say, Family issues. We don't get involved, even when a child's life is at risk. Right. So just think about
1: that for a second. Also, keep in mind that that level of injury from a, a child abuse incident is felony level mm-hmm. in any state. Yep. Where a bone is broken, you're you're probably child abuse third degree and higher, um, depending on the state you're in. But there's no way that that's a misdemeanor anywhere. No, where there's a broken arm.
0: Yep. Now, Dave loved school, as I'm sure that comes as no surprise to anybody. It's escape. an escape. <laughs> yep, um, he was held held back in the first grade. Um, th- there wasn't a, a good reason for this. He was a great student. Um, Punishment and school was was heaven for him. This was done so that she could punish him by taking away TV. And um, making him do more chores. It was just another one of her games. Okay, okay? he was a great student. Mom chose to have him held back just so she could berate him and try to tell him how dumb he was and that he didn't advance when really he did. Mm -hmm. But that was fine for him because he loved school. And then it was even easier the second time around in first grade. So, um, let's see. He does talk in the book about how um, he never ran away, and he doesn't really know why, but in the, in the book, remember, this is from like a child's perspective, he doesn't know why, but he always wanted to be with his mother. That's very common. I like that he included that, Megan, because we see that time and time again. As adults, we can't fathom, why would you want to be with someone who's abusing you so extensively? Well, guys, this is what trauma bonding is all about and what it's like, and how deep children want that connection with their their normal.
1: Yes. And it's easier to lie or not tell the whole truth and stay in a situation where you know what to expect than to be removed from somebody who you love mm-hmm. even though they're doing something awful to you and be put into the unknown where yep. you don't know what's going to happen because that's if it's why, worse it might be that's what why kids worth? don't tell yep often you're dealing with cases where the parent or guardian that's perpetrating the abuse tells them they're going to take you away from me and then this is going to happen to you yes. and that and you're never going to see your siblings again you're never going to see me again
0: yep and yep. that scares that's them be worse. I think in the Stephen Smith case that was yes. very much his reality as Absolutely. well. Absolutely,
1: I don't want to tell because I'll never see my family again. Yep. And I love and my family, even though they're awful to me.
0: And what if they take me someplace even more terrible? Right. Correct. And in his case, they did. They did. Um, I wanted to give this little story. He talks about how he was dropped off at his aunt Josie's and he can't explain why, but he ran away from aunt Josie's because he wanted to be with his mom. Now, of course, he got punished for this. She crammed soap down his throat after aunt Josie said that he ran away to, you know, to be with her. And he was told that he's not allowed to speak ever again, unless he was spoke like, unless he was told he was allowed to. Okay. So you're not allowed, not allowed to speak. Um, as I said, he enjoyed the first grade the second time because yeah. he felt like a genius and the other kids like really, uh, Looked up to him. Dude, but he is so
1: smart. <laughs> also,
0: he's now in the same grade as his brother Stan. Right. And Stan loved that too. Um, so he continued on with his good grades. And he got a wonderful letter home from his teacher. He came. He was so excited to show this letter to his mom. So he comes home and she throws him in the bedroom and tells him that she got a letter from the North Pole. From Santa that said that he had been a bad boy. And so he, she carries on, says that he was an embarrassment to the family again, and he is getting no gifts. And this So he's
1: brought home a letter that says how great he's doing in school. mm -hmm. And she says, oh, well, I got a letter from Santa that says that you're a bad boy and you're not getting gifts and you're an embarrassment. Correct. It hurts my soul. Mm -hmm.
0: What this one really, really gets me. Um, speaking of the no gifts, yes, she held true to her threats. Um, one thing that you should know if she threatened something, she She followed 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 through on it and he did have to sit on the steps. He, she would often make him sit on, um, the, the bottom of the basement stairs sitting on his own hands. Yes. Day in and day out. I mean, this was just how he, uh, was forced to sit and be because um, he wasn't allowed to talk to that's anybody an, he wasn't allowed just he wasn't know, doing chores if there was wasn't
1: abuse do. here that's actually a pretty normal 1950s and 60s punishment it would happen in, in school a lot mm-hmm. too like if you were a kid that couldn't keep your hands to yourself you'd have to sit at your desk for like five minutes um, sitting on your hands and then you'd be allowed to get up and go to right. recess and that right. was actually considered of course you could also use corporal punishment in school back then and get spanking sure could, and such but yeah. that was just a normal like you can't keep your hands to yourself sit on your hands yes and I mean I, I recall a couple of times perhaps even as a small child having to do that too but it wasn't my parents it was my grandparents which makes oh, sense oh yeah They'd Be like did you hit your sister again yes okay sit over there in the corner on your hands I'll tell you in three minutes is up yeah but they did it appropriately so I want to make sure you know not necessarily child abuse but the mechanism and in terms of that
0: the length of time the length
1: of time mm-hmm. and with other things it what gets, was he being punished for well
0: it gets to a point where if Dave's not doing chores or playing one of her mind games then his only other option was to be sitting on his hands on the stairs. Right. Because he's a bad boy. There is is no reason for it. He's just told what a terrible bad boy that he is. Okay. And father is seeing this treatment. Okay. She's not, she is not physically abusing him in front of other people, but the man can see bruises on his son. He can see that he's being forced to sit at the stairs. She always has some sort of horrific lie about what he did, of why he deserved it. When it comes to the Christmas presents, he did not, he got two gifts on Christmas, okay? And they weren't from mom and dad, they were from a relative that had sent some. And even Stan, his younger brother, asked, why? they were opening presents. He would have to sit and watch them sit on his hands and watch them open presents on Christmas morning, his Mm -hmm. brothers. And he didn't get any. And even Stan asked why. And she would say, because he was a bad boy. He's a bad boy. He's a bad boy. And even Stan knew that he's not bad. He never saw him doing anything bad. bad Right. But what's he, what's Stan supposed to do, right? He's even younger than Dave. So he's not, he's just enjoying his Christmas morning. Um, his dad had actually bought him two gifts that were under the tree as well. He remembers one Christmas. One was a paint by numbers and it caused a fight, a big fight, because she was to be in charge of the discipline for, quote, the boy. She has now. She had
1: stopped referring to him as Dave.
0: That's right. We, we, that starts at a very young age where she starts to dehumanize him to herself and just calls him the boy. Okay. So
1: sometime between the age of 4 and f- he's in second grade at this yeah, point. Yeah, so like 4 and 6. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep, he starts being called the boy. The boy. Is she withholding food at this point?
0: Um I'm not entirely sure because it's not exactly chronological right. in his book as you'll recall. Um so I don't I do not think so. I think that that starts just a little bit older um as as he's we moving through see. elementary mm-hmm. school. As okay. he's going through elementary school. Yep.
1: So still, other than the broken arm, mostly hardcore mental and psychological abuse. You're the boy. You're, You're a bad boy. boy. Yes. You don't get gifts. Santa hates you. You're an embarrassment. You sit on your hands. Militant punishments. You are not useful to us unless you're doing chores. Yep. And beatings
0: are happening in private. When dad's not there. When dad's not home. But Mm -hmm. he's
1: seeing the bruises. Yes. Dad is seeing all of this. Mm -hmm. And his response, if I recall correctly, is basically like, well, you just need to be a good boy. Absolutely. You need to behave. Yes. Yes. Don't make your mom. Don't make your mom be you. Exactly.
0: Which, I hate to say this, was a very common response for that time. So another way that she gets in a mindfuck is that she becomes a den mother for the Scouts on purpose. I very much feel that this was an intentional way to just continue to play games with Dave's mind because she allows him to join the Boy Scouts as well, only so that Dave can watch her treat the other boys like kings. And still treat him like crap.
1: Right. So he's got all of his friends going, your mom is the nicest den mother ever. Yes. We love her. She treats us so good. She makes the best cookies. She's yes. so cool. And in the meantime, Dave's like, dude, I'm I'm an it here.
0: Yep. I'd, right, she doesn't even, she calls me I'm a bad boy. boy.
1: I get nothing from her. I have to
0: sit on my hands. And he's
1: watching her give love to yes. all of these young men the, that are not her.
0: The one thing that he is craving from her, she is giving that affection and kindness and love to all these other boys. So she
1: hasn't just isolated him from the brothers now as being bad. She's now isolated him from all of his peers in society. Yep. He is so bad so bad that he doesn't deserve any love, like even common decency.
0: Yes. Oh, yeah. Um... It's, it is stated by his father during an argument, and I can't remember if it's later in my notes or not, that one of the arguments that they get into is that she treats the dogs better than she does their son. For sure. So, yeah. Well, yeah, she feeds the dogs. She gets to a point where she stops feeding him. Yeah. So, soon he was not um, allowed to be in the scouts anymore because when he went to the other den mothers' houses, he was having fun. He loved going to the other Den Mothers because right, they treated for boy Scouts. him nicely. They did. Yep. And so, and he
1: was a good boy there. She, uh, yes. Because he is a good boy. Because he's a good boy.
0: Yes, exactly. And so, once she realized that he was enjoying that, okay, now we're done with Boy Scouts. And that includes, she just needed her time. Right. She was never going to commit to being a den mother for no, a long she period of time. To miserable. Yep. She just needed that time to have all of them come to her house for those couple of times and show him what she was doing.
1: I think you have to we have to be able to point out. Obviously, there's so much resilience with Dave, but he's also highly intelligent mm-hmm. that a kid that didn't have those reserves. And that intelligence at this point very easily could have become a feral child. Oh, yes. He very easily could have been to the point already here where he would go to the den mother's houses. He would go places and he would act terrible. Mm-hmm. You would expect that. I would almost expect that from a child being abused that badly.
0: And we will see in part two when he's in foster care he, as an adolescent.
1: Post 12, though.
0: Yes, post 12. He, he does have some reform that people help him with yeah but it's not because he wasn't resilient it's because literally he had not been taught
1: yeah you know I'm just saying psychologically you would expect almost that this is a, this would be a feral child absolutely. <laughs> I mean, and he's not he's absolutely he's a, he's a sweetheart he's a little dear.
0: well the other thing too is that she enjoyed stopping him you know ripping him out of boy scouts is because it gave her another opportunity to tell him how bad he was you're too bad to go you're oh, yeah. a bad boy you can't go yeah um so, <laughs> she then drove by the school and saw him um, playing on the grass. Oh my at god! School. Not do you that. remember this? Yes,
1: I do. And she then you.
0: forbade him from playing on the grass. Okay. And this is going to disturb y'all. The punishment, and he remembers this. He was eight years old yeah. at this time, um, but he, as punishment for playing on the grass at the school. Is that uh, she held his arm over the fire of the stove repeatedly. He was severely burned. Um, Then she ordered him to sit. By the way, he's naked. She ordered him to strip naked to do this.
1: Stand by the stove. Stand
0: by the stove. Ordered him to. Hold his arm out. Mm -hmm. And then she, after doing that, she ordered him to sit on top of it so that she could, quote, watch him burn. Um, Now, this is where Dave talks about how he realized he had an instinct to kick in to stay alive. Um, And so he did throw a, a tantrum, even knowing that she is going to beat him. But he figured being beaten is better than being burned. And he knew that his brothers and his dad were um, were about to come home. Now, his brothers and his dad were off being able to do something fun. can't remember if they were fishing or if they went to like a carnival thing. But he was bad, I didn't so make he had to stay note home. of it. Yep, but he was bad, so he wasn't allowed to go. And he knew, looking at the clock, that it was very close to the time that they would be coming home. So his survival instinct was, let's get her to beat me. So that I don't have to sit on top of this stove and burn to death. Right. And so that's what he did. He acted out. But his arm
1: is already burned. It's yes. been held to the burner. It
0: has. It has. And so um so he purposely tantrumed so that she would anger. He wanted to trigger her anger for the beating. Survival. Just to survive. Yes. When those come down to your choices of sitting on top of a stove naked to burn alive or tantrum so that your mom will punch and kick you that's and beat fine. the shit I'll out take of the beating you. Too. Yeah. Yep. Um, Now, and he also knew she would not act this crazy in front of the others. So he was very relieved when his brother, Ron, walked in. Now, Ron did walk in on her beating him.
1: Okay, so finally somebody's seeing. Mm -hmm.
0: And she stopped right away. He grabs his clothes and he ran to the garage where he made the realization that he had figured out a way to survive And this is a pivotal moment in time for him in his life, in that he, at a soul level, realizes, I, I outsmarted her. I won in a way. I won. That's exactly. And in that
1: situation, I won.
0: He thinks exactly, but think and, and think about that battle that you're in between burning alive on the stove or or being beaten. I won by triggering her to beat me long enough for my brothers to come home and walk in on it and and free me. And he says, quote, that day I vowed to myself that I would never, ever again give that bitch the satisfaction of hearing me beg her to stop beating me, end quote. So the basement or the garage became his piece of solace, his escape and safety. Um, School was also continued to be his look forward to reprieve. Um, Even like, He did talk about how he was the smiley kid. Um, He was always in a good mood when he was in school because that's where he was allowed to be himself and be happy. Um, He was not, hold on, I have to flip my page. I see. Yeah. Uh, He wasn't allowed to to change clothes, though.
1: Y'all need to know about this. This is where you're getting into it. He was the smiley kid, but he also ended up being the smelly kid.
0: Yep. And he talked about, like, he would be given a set of clothes at the beginning of the school year, and by October, they're worn. They're smelly. They're tattered. They have mold on them. I mean, they're. She
1: wouldn't allow him to wash them. No. Nope.
0: Now, this day and age, this would be reported, and it would this be. would not fly. Okay, but just breaks my heart, breaks my ever loving heart that we allowed this as a society to go on. Um, no, he never. You y'all need to understand. Like, he did not get to change or wash his clothes or bathe. On purpose. She wants him. She wants to humiliate
1: him. She wants him ostracized.
0: Yes. And this is just another way to be able to do that. Now, he does talk about how he can see now that it was brainwashing. But as a small child, he didn't recognize it as such. But he was brainwashed into giving excuses for the bruises on his face and his arms. And he always did because he was asked about them by teachers and so he would always give the the general I walked into a door I did this excuse I actually feel really bad for anyone who legitimately does walk into a door because that has happened to me before because it sounds like (laughs) it's become such a cover-up right Mm -hmm. like an old school cover-up the edges
1: of tables or whatever yeah yeah you know and I want to note too for anybody who's going to be critical of teachers and stuff at this point too remember there aren't any mandatory reporting laws Mm -hmm. and yes they probably knew or suspected that they were were things that were going on but it took a lot to get involved in a family affair at this point even if you have these gut feelings and I want to know and you're going to get there with this survivor story but Dave isn't upset with these teachers in fact it's the opposite and I know you're going to get there so I'm not going to spoil it but this is just one of those situations where could they have called yes would anything have most likely been done at this point no. no and would they potentially have been put at more risk at yes. this point yes yes so keep all of that in mind mm-hmm. pre-mandatory reporting pre-effective child protective services not
0: only that Megan but they were literally risking their jobs you got because it. you report something to the police and the parent comes back on you and oh, wants yeah. your
1: ass they could I have want it. you fired mm-hmm. yeah absolutely yep Absolutely. So okay. So he's so, become the smelly kid at school. He has. He's got lots of bruises. She's, she's not, not sending him with food either, right? No, and
0: she's not even trying to hide the bruises. She is no longer. We're we're escalating. Yeah. Now she's not trying to just leave bad them in places where where his clothes could hide them. All right, and this exactly is where he starts to not be allowed to eat he was allowed to have Ron and Stan's leftovers from breakfast as long as he got his morning chores done as quickly as possible. And she usually gave him a very impossible timeline in order to finish those. But he would get, he would be allowed like their little scraping, the, the rest of the milk from their cereal bowl that they left. So if, if Or the had, crust
1: of the bread or the yep. dried scrambled egg if there was some. If,
0: if Ron and Stan left any food, that's what he had, that and he what could he only eat have. it
1: within the what a minute maybe that he might have left right
0: before he had to get to school. Exactly. So she would drive Ron and San, stand to school and make him run.
1: Like so, people weren't noticing this. They're thinking to themselves, "Oh, this lovely woman is punishing that he must have been bad must again. Must have been a bad boy. He's yep. a bad boy." Oh,
0: you know how many must have praised her for being having that tough love and oh. just oh being such a good mom for making sure that she raises boys especially. You know, there was a stereotype that boys are bad. You have to really discipline them and punish them because they need wrangled in, right? Yeah. Now, he describes how he remembers having fantasies about food due to his starvation. And of course, this caused him to start stealing food at school.
1: Absolutely. It's freaking
0: survival. Stealing
1: food anywhere.
0: Yes. Before long, he was caught and a teacher told on him, Again, I know we want to be angry at the teacher, but they they just weren't educated at the time.
1: To them, stealing is wrong. Yes. Naughty kids steal food Andy's, from the cafeteria. And like I
0: said, Andy's a boy. So it's even, right. boys will be boys.
1: Now you have a kid stealing food and you're going to be like, are you getting enough to eat? Exactly. Can we help you? Here's a packed lunch. Take food home with you. It is yes, just so
0: different now. It is. Thank God. Uh, exactly. Amen. Of course, the teacher tells on him and not only that, but calls mom. So... As you can imagine, a beating punishment ensues Um, several times. If she thought that he ate, she would force him to throw up. There were definite times that she made him eat his throw up after he had thrown up. We've heard that before. I hate to tell you all this, but that's not an uncommon punishment. Right. That even happened throughout our times. Um, I even... Knew of some kids that I went to school with that that was their punishment. Yes, that they have to eat your own vomit mm-hmm. if you, yep. yep, if you vomit. And it, again, so.
1: remember, she's, she's pissed. If he's finding a way to get food, sneak food in yep. any way, shape, or form, she's going to figure out a way to make him expel it because he didn't right, deserve that. So you need to vomit. Oh, you're so hungry? Then I guess she'll eat what you vomit up. Yep.
0: Um, so he did try stealing from other classrooms' lunches. I All love right. this
1: story. It's sad, but it's again he's surviving. Yes, he how he, is. he didn't die from malnourishment or from these beatings prior to this. I know, Dave. Dave, God, love you, man. Your survival instincts. You should, most kids would have died.
0: Yes, I agree. Because he first was stealing from lunches of kids in his classroom. And once he was caught, then he started um, arriving to school earlier so that he could steal lunches from the other classrooms. Now, he, of course, got caught doing that too. So, as punishment, he was starved on the weekends, of course, and beaten, still being called the boy's, the boy, excuse me. He wasn't allowed to have any meals with the family. He's not allowed to speak to the family. He's grounded to the house. He is um, not allowed TV, toys, or interaction at all. Okay, and I mean at all. I'm not just like generally saying, you know, just as a punishment for one day he's not allowed this or that. No, he can't look at the TV. He can't play with toys. He can't interact with his brothers. He cannot go anywhere. He is in the basement or the garage at all times.
1: Is he sleeping in the basement at this point?
0: Yes, on a cot. Right. Mm
1: -hmm. Like he's, he's had his room taken away, Mm -hmm. his bed, the bunk that he fell out of when he broke his arm. He's, he is a, he is not a child in this home.
0: He's not. He is now spending all of his time doing her endless chores that she just keeps coming up with. Doesn't matter if he just cleaned the bathroom. Now it's time for him to clean the bathroom again. Right. And he's banished to the basement. His father did, and you guys are going to get angry. and, And I think justifiably so. His father did try to sneak him food. Yeah. He did try to get um, his mother to change her mind about the punishments. He tried to get her drunk thinking that it would make her forget about him and then he would be able to like sneak food and whatnot. But what dad didn't realize was that that actually made it, made it much worse and turned her into more
1: of a monster. So that plan did not work. No offense to anybody or to Dave especially, but what a pansy it's sad like it is it is it is, a it is sad so hard situation. to wrap your head around why or how a parent could watch their significant other their spouse do that but i'll tell you what guys back in the 50s it was till death do you part mm-hmm. for better for worse now absolutely you know you would hope that if your partner is treating a child like that you're getting the you're, hell out for
0: sure for sure, but take it, her to court. It was much different back then, and men very much left the child rearing to the women. That was women's Absolutely. work,
1: right? And chances were nine out of ten that if he would, if this would have been reported, she would have ended up with the kids anyway, and yes. he would have been
0: it, yes out it, of the picture. He period. He tried to intervene as much as as he could when he was home, um, but here's Not the enough. problem too. Mom and dad fought a lot, and a lot of their fights were about Dave. Yes. And no matter what started the fight, it always came back to Dave. And he would always then suffer the next day when dad went to work because she would blame Dave for every one of her arguments with his dad when in reality – they're both both alcoholics. Okay. We're just gonna call it as it is. Both parents a spades a spade. Yeah. Both parents are alcoholics. They get when they get around one another, they start heavily drinking, then they turn abusive and are fighting.
1: Okay. With each it's other, and then it carries over mm-hmm. to Dave only about in Dave. terms mm-hmm. of the children with mom with Catherine.
0: Yep. Now in second grade, mom gets pregnant with her fourth child. And he remembers that his teacher is Miss Moss. Now, Miss Moss had a soft spot for Dave and knew that he lied about why he was always sleepy in class, what the bruises were like, why he was wearing the clothes that he was, and why he smelled the way he he did. And she did go to the principal and try to explain why she thought that Dave was stealing food, okay? But the principal
1: called Dave's mom. Yep. So, as he probably thought he was doing a good thing. I, like we've got to get to the bottom of this. I
0: agree. I actually think that Miss Moss felt that going to the principal was her safe place to try to help get get help for Dave, yeah. not realizing that the principal was too dense to know that it was mom that was the problem and went and went straight to the problem. Sure sure right and so and and if you think about it as a young female uh um they
1: probably assumed uh, dad was beating him
0: possibly possibly but i'm thinking a young female teacher going to her male superior she probably did not feel comfortable saying trying to tell him how to do his job right saying i think the parents are the ones starving him and like you said very likely could have assumed it was dad and that mom was the safe bet to call. Right. And, you know. Which
1: is why, shameless plug now for mandatory reporting with teachers, when you report to the principal something you think is happening, that is not enough. No, no. You have to report it to CPS, yep. to Centralized Intake. Don't say, I reported it to the principal and he said he'd take care of it and he yep. said he'd call in. You yep, are the you one to. responsible. It is a misdemeanor not to.
0: Yep, exactly. <laughs> Just throwing
1: that out there, y'all.
0: As a result of this phone call home, he was beaten to the point where he to miss a tooth. His tooth was knocked Oh, out. okay.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't remember that. So she actually hit him so hard, finally, he had a noticeable loss.
0: Yep. When he loses, you know, loses this, uh, misses a tooth, she goes up to the principal's office, okay? And she is, okay, because I, I'm sorry, I skipped a part in my scribbled handwriting here. Oh, All right, so he gets beaten to the point of missing a tooth. The parents are, or the school is obviously not so dumb that they can't connect the phone call home with now he's missing a tooth and he's got
1: bruises all over his face. So. You have a fat lip, a black eye, you're missing a tooth. Mm -hmm. You just got your ass beat.
0: Yep. So what does mom do? She's got to have a meeting with the principal. She gets herself all dialed up. Oh. She has baby Russell. That's baby number four. I told you. This is the new baby she was pregnant with. I told you she was pregnant with baby number four, right? Russell. Is her his younger brother Russell is born, and so they have this this beautiful, snuggly baby. She's all dressed to the nines, and she's putting on a show about how much of an imagination that Dave has, and how he bruised himself for attention because he's so jealous of baby Russell.
1: He knocked <laughs> his own damn tooth out, huh? Sure
0: did. Yeah, yep. Yep. Exactly, and and he's not being starved and beaten at home. He just wants attention because poor baby Russell's been
1: getting all the attention. Yeah, so he and, and they they didn't buy this. They listened to it. It was an excuse, and again, but they, but they but aren't they're not going to do it.
0: anything. They're not doing anything about it because you didn't at the time. Like it's just okay. Maybe that seems reasonable, and we go we go with it. I don't know. I don't know, Megan.
1: Don't worry. It redeems itself. It does. We'll get there.
0: Yep. So that summer, okay, they went back to the Russian River. Dave was was excited about going back because remember, this is, exactly, this is like where he really thinks that he, maybe things could get reset, right? Well, he wasn't allowed to go on any of the fun things that his brothers were doing with dad because he was too bad, supposedly. They had a new super slide in the park. His dad and his brothers got to go. He didn't get to. He was punished the whole time that they were gone. And this is gross. I'm in a trigger alert for this type of abuse that happened. While dad and brothers are enjoying themselves at this new super slide, um, his mother decided to punish him just for existing, essentially, by smearing one of baby Russell's shitty diapers in his face. Yes,
1: this is gross. Yep.
0: And then told him to eat it. Yes. Um, He did try not to. He was trying to refuse. and um, so she Russell starts crying again. She leaves. He can hear her singing and cooing to Russell to calm the baby and comes back with another one of his shitty diapers and forces him, rubbed his face in it so hard that he had no choice but to breathe in some of the feces into so his nose. So there's feces in his mouth and mm-hmm. nose. Yep. So then the others come back from the super slide. She makes him clean his face really quick, quickly, puts cleanup up as, up his nose, which was making it worse, by the way. She's now shoving all of the contents of the diaper with the Kleenex up his nose more. And, it, and his nose was bleeding because of how hard she had shoved the diaper into his nose. And um, she told him to sit in the corner and... Then when everybody got home, she just told them that he had a runny nose, that he had just all of a sudden got a runny nose. Right. Mm-hmm. And this, I'm
1: sure that dad believed that. Right, right.
0: This was their last trip as a family to the Russian River. And I I point this out just because this this place becomes a really important like place in Dave's life. So I I wanted to mention it. In third grade, he went in the same clothes as he did in second grade. Okay. So he
1: didn't even get a new pair of clothes to not, start the year that nope, year.
0: Nope. Nope. I'm showing the escalation. Yeah. Yep. It just continues to escalate. And so he's in the same clothes as the year before. She did pack him a lunch. Okay. But it was the same thing every day. Um, She would pack him two peanut butter sandwiches and some carrots. That's more than he was getting before. It was. So yep. yeah because remember she got pulled into the principal's office
1: for starvation, you know, all that stuff. So he's stealing food. He's bruised. Why is this kid emaciated? Can we, can we feed him?
0: But every day now he gets two peanut butter sandwiches and, and some carrots, some, some yucky carrots. They're not, they're not good. They're not good carrots, but still that's what he's getting every single day. Um, she took the others to school where, well, she made Dave run, um, and she did this on purpose so that he wouldn't have enough time to get to school um, to to steal food. To eat. He because she's
1: not feeding him breakfast. It's still scraps.
0: No, guys, the only food that this child is getting is when he, on school days at lunchtime, those two peanut butter sandwiches and some carrots. People so can he's, see him. yep, he's trying to steal food to have for the weekends sure. and for dinner. Yes. And he's, you know, but she has made it so that he can't get to school early enough to steal from the other kids um he of course did not have any friends in school y'all he was called peltzer smeltzer um kids are so cruel but i'm sure and, and he even says like i know that i stunk yeah. he could smell himself, he, could smell himself. Yeah, he, yeah. he was cognizant of this yep he's a smart kid And at this point in third grade, he starts to escape the school at recess to go to a local grocery store and steal food. Yes. Which doesn't surprise me at all either. Now, he is eventually caught and his parents know damn well why he is Stealing. stealing. Okay. But of course, that does not stop his mother from continuing to starve him now it's punishment now she feels like she's got he's justification. a criminal he's mm-hmm.
1: a bad boy he's always in yep. a bad boy the boy is a criminal now the
0: boy is stealing food you want to steal food now i now i have justification for why i'm gonna starve you so he is has to stand in the basement while the family ate of course and then he would be called up to do the dishes she he figures out another survival mechanism is that he starts to eat out of the garbage what the family threw away. Yes. Okay. So she figures out that he's doing this. And what he does or what she does is that she put pork um, that had been in the so fridge. Awful. It is so awful. That had been in the fridge for two weeks. She put it in the garbage knowing that he would eat it. And, of course, it made him horrifically ill. Because he ate rotten meat. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so, but... After that made him sick, of course, he still has to eat. So he's still um, Going eating the from garbage. the garbage. So what she started to do then when she figures out that the rotten pork didn't stop him is that she put ammonia on the contents of the garbage on Correct. top of it so that he would um, smell the ammonia and know that she had soiled the food so he couldn't eat that. Um, when he was caught from stealing from school... She would make him come home and puke, puke it up and then eat him, eat it. Excuse me. I will let you know there were occasions where dad watched this happen and he did, I'm going to say he did try to stop her, but he was unsuccessful in stopping her. So in my opinion, he didn't try hard enough, but I am not he did make a judgment. He did make
1: a commentary. Why are you doing that to the yes. boy? You shouldn't do that. Yes.
0: Yep. Um, now, he did get to the point where he was knocking on neighbors' doors for food. Yeah. All right? And unfortunately, and it did work. He actually does talk about how it did work. How he was knocking on neighbors' doors is he would knock on neighbors' doors and say, I'm sorry, I forgot my lunch for school. Could I have, you know, instead of going all the way back home, could I have some lunch for school? And they, it would work. Little old ladies would give him some food.
1: Well, look at him. I know. First of all, they probably didn't believe that at all, but they no. don't know him from Adam. So yep. they're like this emaciated kid who is so dirty and so smelly is saying he forgot his lunch. These are moms and grandmas who are just like, okay, I'm going to make this go. kid a sandwich and, and send it with And let's
0: be real. It's not like there's a centralized intake for child protective services to call. There's not at this time. Well, so Again,
1: it's, it, you minded your own business, you and that's what they were doing. But yep. they fed him. They yes, gave him food. They did. To him, they're wearing halos.
0: And You got to eat. Yeah. Until he accidentally knocks on the door of someone who knew his mom. Oh, hell. And she called mm-hmm. his mother and let her know that your son is begging at the door for food, never stopping to think about maybe why the child would be doing that.
1: Well, either that or she did, and she's thinking, hey, bitch, feed your kid. Mm. But maybe. without mm-hmm. thinking about the consequences for Dave, she's just annoyed at this mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. Or she's not annoyed, and she's trying to make a point.
0: Yeah. Either yeah. way,
1: it didn't wasn't going to do anything to help. It, it ruined didn't. his plan, his survival plan it did. <laughs> to get some some good food there.
0: Yep, and it of course escalates everything because now she starts following him around all evening while he does his chores with a sinister smile on purpose because he she's keeping him on edge. Just not knowing when she's going to strike, right?
1: Oh, and it's going to get so bad.
0: It does. It does. Her, her punishment for him going and knocking on the doors is that he was forced to um, swallow a teaspoon of ammonia. Okay. And then the next night with the dad there, he had to do it again. And he recalls. She poisoned him. She did. And that shit burns. Y'all, it burns all the way down and he recalls laying on the floor pounding his little fists on the floor by his father's feet when after drinking ammonia being forced to drink a teaspoon of ammonia so I know that he we get to a point where he does forgive and love his father okay but this shit's hard for someone in our professions to read and to think about and and have any sort of respect yep. for a human that can watch their son be poisoned be poisoned, and then pound their fists at their feet, you know, and, and just doing nothing, doing nothing to stop them.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, at this point, I want to insert all kinds of commentary and I can hear Dave telling <laughs> me right now, as we've talked before, you're not getting it. Mm -hmm. this is back in the 60s they didn't do that we didn't do that Megan get your head out of judge mode yes he could be criminally charged now too yes I would have been removed from both of them I wouldn't have just been given to my dad because he failed to protect like I can bring all this up but then I can hear the Dave talking to me now going get with it though right that's not what was going to happen then get on the
0: 1960s train get on the train Uh I'm on the train
1: Dave I'm on the train that's right all right that's right keep going Mm -hmm. (laughs) keep going Charnel
0: now there he she did not force any more ammonia, but she did force Clorox. Okay, is this was when he his... had cl- the bathroom? Um, yes, there we get there. Okay, we're,
1: we're, leading, we're leading. up to it,
0: but yeah,
1: because almost you can die from oh, fumes. Absolutely, we, he could've, he could have died from drinking the ammonia. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. She obviously was careful with the teaspoons, but it's corrosive. It destroys your esophagus, your stomach, yep. like.
0: That wasn't. He talks about how, um. Yes, he had to drink ammonia. Yes, he had to drink Clorox. But her favorite actually was dish soap, because then he would dr- have to drink water, and you know what water and dish soap what happens? And it would give him Foam, yes, it would give him terrible, terrible diarrhea. Yeah, yeah. Um, and his dad witnessed this several times. Him being horrifically sick with diarrhea. Um, after those treatments and uh he didn't he wouldn't say anything to him didn't say i'm sure at this point he's so ashamed of the man that he is that what's he gonna say to his son um yeah i'm sorry i've failed you so much so don't make her mad yeah he did say that a lot just stop yep just stop making her mad and she won't treat you like this
1: well you better hurry up and do what she asked you to yep
0: life went on like this for him eating dinner about two times a week at most eating his brother's leftovers for breakfast and never being allowed to have um, a lunch outside of school. You know, I mean, he didn't eat on the weekends. Um, Now, I want to talk about a time where she stabs him. Yeah. Okay. So she, at first, threatens him with a knife. She... In his childlike mind, you'd have to read the book, guys, to really understand it, but it appears as though the knife, she does chase him with the knife, but something happens, and, you know, he only could see and recollect what he can see and recollect, but at the bo- end of the day, she stabs him, and he believes that it is rather unintentional. Um, it So it wasn't like she was coming at him with this knife. There was a scene where she's... Dealing with a fussy Russell, okay, and um, he is trying to do his dishes or, you know, his chores, and she's angry and she's got this knife, and things happen, and he gets stabbed. Well, he goes to his dad and he tells his dad that she got that she stabbed him, and his dad says, Why? What'd you do? Right.
1: I don't know. I was just doing the dishes. Right.
0: I was doing the dishes, and he said, uh, well, you better get back in there and, and do those dishes. I don't need
1: this tonight. Right. As like, he's bleeding from a stab wound. Sure
0: is. Yep, yep. He's literally bleeding on the floor in front of his father, who is reading the newspaper, if I recall correctly, in a chair. And he's, well, what did you do? You know, just not intervening at all.
1: So he goes back and does the dishes. He does. He does. Bleeding from a stab wound.
0: Yes. Yep.
1: Um, The pain, too. You're in that much pain, and you're just trying to do the damn dishes, right? Not move your arms too much so you don't make yourself bleed more. And I just, this baby, this poor baby.
0: He did say in the book that she got a little gentler for a moment.
1: When she realized that she stabbed Stabbed him, him. Mm -hmm. maybe he might die. We might want to put a Band-Aid on it.
0: She allowed him to go outside and do some sparklers with his brother's.
1: Oh, it was around the 4th of July. That's right.
0: Yep. And so then, however... You
1: were just stabbed here, have a sparkler?
0: Have a sparkler. Join the family for once in a a family activity and have a sparkler. Uh, He returned to his army cot in the basement, which he woke up and had bled all over, um... And he ended up getting a really high fever because of this cut.
1: Because he had an
0: infection. He did. He did. And he knew that he couldn't ask her for help. Now, this is trigger alert because this is gross. Yeah, sorry. Um, but he had the instinct, and humans just never cease to amaze me. He is about 11 at this point in time and he, when he got stabbed. And he knew that he was sick with infection because of it, and that he needed to drain the pus, okay? So he put a rag in his mouth to muffle his screen. He was a Boy Scout. He was, and he he drained his own infection from his body. Um, He He squeezed
1: it out. He did, yep. I remember.
0: Yes, and he talks about how about this time, his dad really just stops being home. He's at work, and he's at the bar.
1: Yeah, I can't Dad's, fucking come home to this yep. and watch her abuse the boy because what am I going to do? Take him and save him? I can't do it. I can't deal with this.
0: Nope, nope. And I think we could probably guess dad probably had his own significant mental health issues from his own childhood. Maybe. I'm sure. We know and suffered from alcoholism. Correct. Most definitely. Um so he even recalls one day his dad came to him, said goodbye, and said star uh, said starve sorry said sorry to him. Like I'm sorry that I have failed you, but I'm in, in I'm leaving now. Um, at that point in time, when dad left and said goodbye to him, she starved him for ten days. Um,
1: well, they- Dave thought about leaving then too. When dad says goodbye,
0: he did, he did, but he never did run away.
1: Mm-hmm. Can you imagine hoping maybe? That dad would have taken you with him when he said he couldn't take it anymore. Yep. Yep. And I know Dave at that point didn't really, I don't think he cared. I mean, I, I think he was devastated that dad left, but he just wanted to leave too. But he didn't.
0: Mm-mm. No. And, and and they don't.
1: They couldn't.
0: How many times did Stephen Smith have an opportunity to run away? I know. And he couldn't. I know. He didn't. Mm-hmm. So, yes, her punishment for dad leaving, because of course it was all his fault.
1: Of course. Why dad left. Sure your fault.
0: Yep. She starved him for 10 days. Uh, he only, the only water that he had was sucked from a metal pipe in the basement. Yep. that's So how it's survived.
1: condensating and he's licking the condensation. Yep.
0: On the sixth day, he remembers being really, really, really weak. And she put food in front of him and said he had two minutes to eat it. And then just as he went to go put food in his mouth, she yelled too late and threw it away. Those were, again, her mind games. Um, I, speaking of games, let's get to the gas chamber game. Yes. Okay. So as you, he, what? essentially what would happen was that he would be shut in the bathroom with the Clorox and ammonia mixture, which produces a gas that is released. Okay. Um, and so she would,
1: this is under the auspices of cleaning, correct? Yes. He's supposed to be in in there cleaning cleaning and
0: he's locked in the bathroom, supposed to be cleaning it and cleaning it with Clorox and ammonia mix. And it's making this gas that he's breathing in and it's making him cough up blood. Yeah. Yeah um she it's then suffocating it him. is yes she also figured out that he would lay next to the vent to get fresh air so she put um she clogged the vent yeah. whenever she would he's do down
1: low to the ground trying to find air and then finds a vent because he's again a survivor mm-hmm. and then she tries to stop that yeah. she's freaking trying to kill him at this point absolutely
0: guys. absolutely and we get to that we do get to that um next came waterboarding okay we have see this very common oh, in child yeah. abu- extreme child abuse cases where they are put in cold, cold water in the tub. They're lay He was forced to lay submerged, and then he was sent outside to sit on his hands um, with his head back in the prisoner of war position. Um, he did this. I want to point out that this punishment did happen when Dad was home as well. Um, and what made me... The most sad is that he recalled his brothers bringing their friends into the bathroom to see him lying in this cold state in the cold water like this. And his friends would say, what did he do? Yeah. Like, what did he do to deserve that? And his brothers would reply, I don't know.
1: Because they, they didn't know. But because he, was, he wasn't doing anything. He was completely dehumanized. He just became the freak show. He They're bringing people, their brothers are bringing people in yes. to look at him there. He was the family scapegoat. So in the
0: fourth grade, you got to know he's being bullied. You know, he smells, he's an easy target. It's harder for him to steal things. The beatings are escalating. Um, everyone else is growing and he's not, right? No, he's emaciated. <sighs> exactly. Now, the school nurse does start to take notice and question him. He lied as long as he could. um, And, but as his trust in her grew, he did start telling her the truth. Yes. The There was a sub in the fourth grade for the first two weeks of the fourth grade that, now this person, she really had great instincts because she knew something was up, you know, with him. She went to the principal and the uh, the school nurse and was like, cause she was only a substitute. Yeah. So she was just like, watch out for this child. Uh, This is what I think is going on. All right. So then the school nurse really starts to like take notice too and question him and knows that he's lying. Okay. Now in fourth grade, that Christmas, he does get some skates for Christmas, which sounds really fun, right?
1: Right. Like he got a
0: real Christmas present. It's another way for torture. Because she makes him skate to school in the cold, he's not allowed to use it in any sort of fun way. It's a torture way. You can for use her them enjoyment. for her. Mm-hmm. You can use them to
1: skate to school in the cold, or to go outside and skate around the block in, yep. in, in, in inappropriate clothing. Yep. So that you can freeze as your punishment. Enjoy your skates.
0: Yes. Now, mom does have another baby. Still with dad. Okay. Yes. But you got to know like. Oh, so he
1: hasn't left at this point because Remem- we just went back. We go yes. back and forth Remember a little bit. Remember how
0: I said this does kind of bounce back and forth. It's not chronological. It's memories. It's. Yep. Exactly. Okay.
1: This um, is the baby that he thinks is so beautiful.
0: Baby Kevin.
1: Baby Kevin. He loves baby Kevin. Ooh. That thunder. I know. It's just setting the scene. I it feel is. like it's getting to the. To, to the Crescendo. Uh-huh. I know. Yep. But he loves it. He, 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 th- he thinks, if I recall, I just love that scene where he's, he looks at baby Kevin and he's like, this is the most beautiful thing ever, most yes. beautiful baby ever. Yes,
0: he loves little brother Kevin. And he's old enough now that I think he can appreciate, you know, the innocence of an infant and, and just kind of, you know, see that. When mom was at the hospital having the baby, he really liked that because dad fed him. He got to play with his siblings. He was part of the family. He was part of the family because mom is in the hospital. After a few weeks dad's back to being you know, after a few weeks of baby Kevin being home, now dad's back to being gone all the time and she's back to making him the bad boy. They had a little a little reprieve after Kevin was born. Let's talk about so that was the uh, that was through 4th grade. Now we're going through as the summer comes to a close before fifth grade, mom tells him that she's tired of living this way and makes him believe that her punishments for him are over.
1: She's she, ready to turn a new leaf. She can't take it anymore. Yep, she just gonna, wants to love him, right? Now she just wants mom. to love him.
0: She's, if he's going to be a good boy, she lets him put on clean clothes that he had gotten for
1: Christmas the year before. Do you think? I know we haven't got into stuff with mental health with her yet, um, but do you think she had some type of a weird break or do you think she felt she was on the verge of being caught and was thinking to herself, I got to fucking try to make this work?
0: Bingo. I think she knew she was on the verge of being caught. He's getting older. He's not growing. Right. He looks, it's even more obvious how emaciated that he is. Yes.
1: And she looks at her own handiwork at this point and is like, shit, maybe I better try.
0: I'm going to Yep. I got to so try to love him this new kid. Clothes. Yeah. Yes. He for a while he got to eat with the family, he got to play with his brothers, and all of this just in time for social services to show up.
1: Now, did dad leave? Do we think dad's gone at this point? He's left the family. The problem
0: is dad's in and out of the bar and work. In the house and it's sporadic and we don't have a good picture of that because of his young age okay you know trying to really make sense of this but he's not he's not there frequently no okay um so social services shows up which is you know exactly as as you said was this real or was this just that she felt like she was about to get caught I personally think that something was said by someone that clued her in that they were going to report her. Yes. Because of the way that he looked. They interviewed
1: him in front of his mother. Oh, my God. Which would just never fucking happen now. But oh, God, no. And again, I don't know a Dave's why it was about that. My dad's whispering in my ear get with the picture, girl. Right. Go back to where we were.
0: Yep. Yep. I know. I know. But it's again. Stories like this and people like Dave that are brave enough to tell their story why laws got changed.
1: And he's not going to be honest with CPS at God this point no. because things just changed. She just made all the promises. He's part of the family. He has new exactly. clothes. He's being loved. We're yes. going to use the term loosely from, Finally, what, from what he knows. He
0: gets what he wanted, right? He's got, a, he's got his family. Yeah. She's diabolical. She knew exactly what she was doing. She knew he wasn't going to tell anything because things are going good now, right? After social services leaves and he lies and... and Essentially, the social services questions are asking in real time for a child. Did you eat dinner today? Yes. Right? Did you... Right. So he tells social services exactly what mother would want him to say and what is the truth in that moment, okay? Because for the last week... She's allowed him new clothes and to eat with the family and play with his brothers. When social services leaves, she beats the shit out of him.
1: Okay. Same night.
0: Immediately. Like. Immediately. Can you,
1: can you imagine, Dave, like the instant regret? Like, God damn it. Yep. She won this time. Yes, exactly. She tricked me.
0: Yep. He says by the start of fifth grade, he had disassociated from um, so much that he actually started to disassociate from pain during the beatings.
1: Totally makes sense. hmm
0: He believed at this point in time that there was no God, that there was no way out. How could there be?
1: Of course not. Who lets that happen? Who
0: would let this happen? Yep. He says that he was emotionless. He was no longer, he no longer dreamt. When he slept. He didn't dream. He used to have vivid dreams. Doesn't even, dream, doesn't even dream about food anymore. This is
1: when I talked to you about how if this, if he had made this switch when he was younger, he would have been a feral child. He yes. would have been probably nonverbal feral at four or five, yep. but he held on to this long and yep. he's finally at a point now as a preteen Yes, where he's given, he gave up for he a bit. He said
0: he's full of hate for everything. His yeah. brothers would hit him and treat him like the slave that they saw their mother treat him like. And his schoolmates would even beat him. His schoolmates would tell him to kill himself. He started to act out at school. Um, His fifth fifth grade teacher was informed by the school nurse of why he acted the way that he did. So his fifth grade teacher did treat him better. Nicely. Yes. Yep. So he starts to not care about his life at all. He starts to rebel against her demands. Um, one time, she almost kills him with an hour-long ammonia Clorox treatment. He did almost die. Right. So
1: she, this time, she left him in the bathroom, closed doors for and, an hour. And had
0: blocked the um, vent. How mm-hmm. he
1: did not is amazing I don't to know. me.
0: I, I know. Because he was meant to still be here to tell his story so we could learn from it. Amen. Uh, um, Everything
1: now, happens for a reason? Oh, I hate that. It makes me feel sick saying it.
0: I know. but in, But well, in truth... Sometimes there are brave souls that come here to teach us lessons. I'm just disgusted. It is. It's gross. So his dad is even more drunk and gone at this time, and it comes to a head. Finally, mom and dad are separating for real. Okay. All right. Not just dad's leaving and staying gone for weeks at a time and coming home. Now they're really separating.
1: Dad's like, I'm out.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Um, And he knew that this was like, dad's gone for good, and I'm probably going to die. Yeah. He actually even remembers praying for death. He didn't believe in God, but he thought, okay, if there is one, I would like to die.
1: Yeah. Can we just make this end?
0: So let's go to March 5th, 1973. Okay, let's. Dave got to eat the little bit of cereal leftovers off from one of his brothers um, after being beaten for not doing his chores fast enough that morning. Um, he ran off to school, literally knowing that he would not have time to steal food from his classmates. Seeing the new bruises, the school nurse that I told you about earlier had had enough. And she went to the fifth grade teacher, Mr. Ziegler, the principal, and they called the police. Right. So they go and get Dave from the cafeteria and they talk to him like adults do. And this kind of scared him, but he went into the principal's. He thought he was in trouble? Yep. He went to the principal's office. There's a police officer there. They inform him um, that everything is going to be okay. And the police officer literally says to him, it's okay, David, you're free. Right. And that's where I'm going to end part one. Ugh. That is where I'm going to end part one. Part two, we're going to pick up with how. This all went down with in terms of him being removed and going into foster care. And part two is going to to cover his story in foster care.
1: The end of a child called it where you are right there. Mm-hmm. He he believes he was saved at that point. He does. They saved him. They're yes. his saviors.
0: Yes, and he talks very very highly about his teachers risking their jobs, and all for the sake of him, yeah. of saving him.
1: The teacher, the nurse, the principal, they all came through for him. That's so right. you can be as livid or angry as you want. And I know that a lot of you studied that book in a social science class, mm-hmm. a social work class, a nursing class, like, yeah. right, in, in, in college. Um, I don't know if Dave ever knew that this work, his works, his memoir was actually going to be studied later. Again, you can pick it apart, but he doesn't. Mm -mm. Dave doesn't pick that apart, you guys, with whether or not something should have been reported and should it have been reported earlier. It was what it was. Mm -hmm. And he wants us to understand that that's what it was for the time, but they they saved him. Well, and I think he's very
0: grateful. They, They did. I think he recognizes that he very easily could not have been saved because, had it been other teachers in a different school, they may not have had enough finally. After you know, they might not have. It took him all the way through the fifth grade, March fifth of the nineteen seventy three of the fifth grade, and you, you before they they were brave enough for the time to
1: step in and save this child. I love that the police officer says, "You're You're free." free." Mm-hmm. What yep. a, a a better approach to start a conversation with a child to try to get some information, which I know we're going to get into, yes. but not, not you're in trouble, not what's happening at no. home, but just a no. simple statement, you're free, free. Like and how none. that felt to him. Mm-hmm. You can only really get from reading the book yourself, yes. honestly, or from listening to, to Dave say it. Yep.
0: I agree. So. so make sure that you stick around for part two. Oh my God. If you have ever been on the verge of being a Patreon, now's the time to do it. Yeah, you're gonna because you're going to get
1: three. You get three
0: episodes, y'all, like right and in including the interview episode with Dave. And so if you've, you've ever been teetering with it, of course, we recommend being a top tier Patreon because then you get five bonus episodes every month as well. And right now, if you're just a general audience, you get four episodes a month. Yep. You know, if you are a Patreon at the top tier, you get five bonuses plus the four that the regular audience already gets. So that's a lot of content. And we throw in extras. I mean we oh, do. We do. Sometimes we have chats with Chuck.
1: Sometimes we just do our brain baths. Yes. An interview here and there. Yep. Sometimes yep. So. just with ourselves because we're narcissistic like that. <laughs> are you gonna are you gonna bathe me at all? You know, I can I can bathe
0: you. I'm I gonna, feel like
1: I need a brain bath. For I'm sure. going to
0: bathe you with a little another little uh, post from the South Lake
1: Police oh, Department. We love South Lake, that Lake we, PD.
0: We do. We really do. And I haven't read it in a
1: while, so you're actually probably giving me one I haven't heard.
0: Well, and I did hear that they were um, they were under some fire. Um,
1: oh no! Are people not happy with the fact that cops sometimes are humorous?
0: No, and no, lighthearted no, no. and
1: sarcastic. Or no. you're talking about like
0: legitimately, their cops did something gross and you know and somebody
1: had to be oh I think I recall that and they had to be like terminated and stuff yeah
0: I mean they handled it appropriately I know
1: I think I Uh, recall reading that and seeing that not very often when a when officers are accused of doing something really terrible are they actually immediately reprimanded for it and I saw in there people were like thank you for taking care of this like a normal employer would take care of something like that
0: exactly right which is why I'm still willing to read their funny Facebook posts because There was an issue that they knew one of their employees or two of their employees, something like that, did. And they handled it like you said, like any other business would, and terminated them. Terminated.
1: Perfect. Here. Yep. Exactly.
0: All right. So this says, "Job well done." Once in a while, our inbox blows up with the good deeds of one of our own, and last week was no exception. It blew up, and not courtesy of Acme. A fair citizen was hanging outside in the heat for some reason and was watching two roadrunners collect bugs for their nestlings. This is the terminology the storyteller used. So if you're one of the roadrunner people, akin to the snake people, please have grace. They could be chicks, road runnerlings, or something else that has no relation or word pairing to baby birds. We're cops, not animal scientists, so we're trusting her verbiage.
1: <laughs> I love it.
0: So as we watched the birdo the bird duo collect bugs another another citizen walked by with an unleashed dog uh-oh collective gasp from the audience <gasps> perfect and said dog chased one of the roadrunners into a batting cage
1: not shocked yes. this is what animals do for sure
0: if you
1: into a batting
0: cage yeah it must have been it was like at a park where there oh, were batting i'm cages. seeing
1: it now yeah. and small dog or large dog chases the road runner bird, bird which we don't have here i we would don't. stop and watch a road runner too by the I'll way i'll show you a I'd picture be, of it i know what done. they look like so i've pretty. seen i have seen um bugs bunny oh, oh true, true. me. oh we get to the meet me okay up.
0: So he's chased into yes. a batting cage. He said dead, uh, said dog chased one of the roadrunners into a batting cage. If you're not familiar with a batting cage, it's basically a giant thick netting that surrounds an invisible elongated cube. Makes sense.
1: Who's not familiar with a batting cage? I People are more likely to not know what the fuck a roadrunner road runner is. For sure.
0: Put I thought it that thi- was a
1: cartoon.
0: They said, put it this way. It's no place for a roadrunner.
1: He was in some deep meat meat <laughs> <Meep, meep. laughs> with an, a proverbial wily coyote mm-hmm. which is the dog. the dog.
0: On weekends animal control is routed to your South Lake Police Department. So Corporal Roop was dispatched and arrived to help after concocting a crazy and wily E plan uh-huh. that just might work. She found a branch, she stuck it inside the netting like a lever and created an opening just big enough for the roadrunner to get through. Keep in mind that the batting cages were locked up tight with padlocks, so there was limited room to work. If the Roadrunner was sorry, my my eyes went a little cross eyed there. If the Roadrunner was a notch or two up the evolutionary chain, it would have moseyed on out the opening at that moment. But alas, it just kept running and flying in utter panic. Corporal Roop and her new citizen partner circled the batting cage, trying to get the bird to go in the right direction. The author of the letter didn't say if she and Officer Roop flapped their arms and cawed and made roadrunner noises, but there's a chance they did because the roadrunner finally located the opening and zipped out of there. Our citizen said that Corporal Roop saved the day with her quick thinking and maybe saved the whole bird family. (laughs) <laughs> As our citizen thanked corporal roop once more she saw the liberated roadrunner already approaching the nest tree with a bug in her mouth to feed her nesting nestlings my my finger just clicked the thing hold on hold on <laughs> her nestlings chicks roadrunnerlings whatever they're called But before the Roadrunner delicately and politely gobbled up the bug, swallowed it, regurgitated it, and violently vomited the (laughs) bug goop into her nestling, chicks, Roadrunnerlings, whatever's mouths.
1: So graphic.
0: She locked eyes with Corporal Roop and gave a small nod, which probably meant thank you for saving the day in Roadrunner. thanks for going the extra mile corporate corporal roop. also citizens please leash your dogs so you're not responsible for the next death of an innocent roadrunner family just trying to make their way in our fair city we might have some bad words for you if that happened but social media would bleep bleep them (laughs) (laughs) Uh, they even have a little picture of the roadrunner with the bird bug in its mouth
1: so wholesome and cute
0: cute cute i love some good wholesome clean fun
1: thank you uh yeah, South Lake PD. That's right. It. And thank you all for
0: listening to part one. If you're a Patreon, jump on over to part two. Right Otherwise, now. you know what? The rest of you will see you in seven days. Seven seven long, long days. days while you wait for part two. That's right. <laughs> thank you guys so much
1: for listening, though. Oh, and until next time, keep it curious. Mm-hmm. Keep listening. Bye bye.